Hey there, it's Doc Cal and Carrie in for Pat Stu and Jeffy today. Thanks so much for joining us. Pretty uh, rough weekend with the uh, additional terrorist attacks. The one at the London Bridge Saturday night ended up seeing seven people in total killed. That was after, of course, the Manchester bombing that happened two weeks ago tomorrow. And then all of the ones in the Middle East, a couple in Baghdad, one in Afghanistan. So Ramadan, we've already had 150 wow. deaths so far since the beginning of Ramadan. Oh my gosh. And actually, that's kind of low. Well, I mean, it's on track. Last year was 400 total over the course, of the course of the month, but we still have about 20 days or so left. So pretty rough. Now, God forbid you're ever in a situation where there's a terrorist attack, uh, wherever, wherever you are. God forbid. What is your natural reaction? What would that natural reaction be? Would you just hang out? No. Hang out? Would you maybe... Uh, I would not hang out. Would you maybe run? I might run. Would that be part I might of I, you, you know, uh, I'm, I'm kind of a cowerer. Okay, so you'd probably run <laughs> and then maybe cower. So you would you cower in the open? Well, actually, you know what? Depending on where it is, if, mm -hmm. if, if hypothetically, mm -hmm. I had a license to carry. Yeah, assuming you didn't have a gun. Oh, assuming I didn't have yeah, a gun. Yeah, would you, you'd probably run and then you'd cower, but would you cower in the open or would you cower? No, I would you not would hide. cower openly. So you would run and I, hide. And something. then would you just like... Hope that the cops knew, or maybe you would. Uh, no, I'd probably notify. Someone. You'd probably know, so you'd probably you'd probably, probably run and someone. hide, and then yeah. you'd tell somebody. Probably. So that's pretty standard reaction, don't you think? I think so. You wouldn't need to actually tell people to do those things, do you think? Well, you don't think so, but you know, <laughs> sometimes, I, I sometimes say this, you need to tell people. <laughs> I say this because the police in the UK, this is what they sent out Saturday night as this was all rolling. They had a, a standard procedure: three steps: you run, you hide, and you tell someone. It's good advice. I feel like good that advice. might be kind of self-explanatory or mm -hmm. look for cover. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's <laughs> I mean, I mean, you're expecting a lot of common sense here, though, or a lot of um, fight and flight sort of response reaction, like that is built into our beings. Okay, so so let's say <laughs> let's say your natural reaction is to do that. They shouldn't have to tell anybody, but let's say um, you are packing. And you've got some other options. Well, then this doesn't really matter to tell anybody this anyway. Although, if you were in the UK, um, you, this is you your aren't only packing. option. This is your only if, option. Even if right. you're a cop, right? right even you're, if you're not packing unless you're especially trained. <laughs> even if you're a Bobby, you're not packing unless you're a specially trained firearms officer. Although I did find out, I just looked this up. All officers in Northern Ireland carry. Really? Yep. Which makes a lot of sense because does that there was go back a lot to the terror attacks? In absolutely, the 80s then? absolutely. I did not know that. That's uh -huh. actually pretty interesting. <gasps> makes a lot of sense. Yay! I taught you something. They, they actually, <laughs> and it's funny. I, I saw the reason it goes back to so few cops carry mm -hmm. in the UK, and it's because 
it comes down to what they oh, said. Oh, look, they have symbols, oh, too. Oh, yeah, this is That's the symbols good. that go That's with That's good. It. That's Run, very hide, helpful. Run, hide, tell. Run, hide, tell. So if you can't read, you at least know. I love the hiding one. That's awesome. Yeah, you can see it kind of peeking behind. You can tell Run, hide, tell. <laughs> so apparently back in the day, they would. Uh, they said, we, we believed in policing uh -huh. by consent. Policing by consent. Okay. Um, what does that mean? I don't it's, know. It's because they're not authoritarian. Know. They believe in consent. You police to, by consent. So I'm allowing you to police me? Yeah, I, I think that's part of it. I, I guess what they were saying was, <laughs> instead of having an authoritarian state, that all citizens would be a part of the law enforcement. Is that there was kind like of a like standard? the Good Samaritan law that I guess we it's kind of like being on your best behavior type of thing. But the fact that they still have some people with guns show you cannot completely be on your best behavior and police by consent. <laughs> so if you've already admitted that, then why wouldn't you just send all cops out with a firearm? Therefore, right. if something goes down, you're always going to have one on the scene with a firearm. Yes, I love I... the fact that some have it shows a failure in their philosophy. Right, because they can't fully trust their own premise right. of. Exactly. So, and you remember what happened in Paris where yeah. uh, one of the cops didn't have a gun and he was shot Which in the makes Paris attack. sense. Usually if the bad guy has a gun, there it is. the good guy doesn't. And do you remember what happened in Garland, <laughs> Texas? When? Do you remember? This was the um, Draw Muhammad contest. Oh, yeah, yeah, Which yeah. I, didn't, I didn't agree with, but nevertheless, a couple of goof, I think it was one guy, one goofball went in yeah. to attack and the cop shot him. Yeah. Cop was on the scene, shot him, done, no... No harm, no foul. We're out. That We're was, done with this. Was that it, two years ago? Yeah, about that. I, I remember like that. that. Yeah. So horrible, horrible situation. I just feel like this uh, run, hide, tell somebody is kind not, of pointless. Not the... Uh... <laughs> is there anybody like, darn it, they're blowing the place up. What do what I, should do? I, do? What do I do here? What do I do? What I do? Oh, let me check the list. Run. Dun, dun, dun. Do, do you have to carry this in your Hi. wallet or something? Do you get a uh, tattoo yes. of it just uh, in just case? Just a second, please. Hold okay, it right there, it. bad um, guys. Hold it. Right. I need to know what to do Give here. Give me a five-second head, head start. I'm going to just run. <laughs> I think I'm going to get a Count tattoo. To get a tattoo on my arm so that I can go <laughs> run that, and now hide. My, my grandma, <laughs> when the, the first 9-11 attacks and, mm -hmm. and, you know, the terrorism really came to the forefront in America and... Um, she was very worried about my uncle because he traveled a ton. And so she gave him a little business card with the FBI number on it and said, you just carry this. And if there are any terrorists on your plane, good, good. <laughs> go ahead and call. <laughs> There's no one else Report he could have called. So I'm guessing that was like a long number, like 1-800-CALLED the FBI. Yeah, I don't know. There's but... a shorter number he could call in that case. Nine, one. Well, it's probably hard to remember for him. Well, and if you're on a, an airplane with probably a don't crisis have a lot of situation, mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They probably don't have Wait, a lot of They options. got those phones with the credit. You know, you get, take out your wallet, swipe your there credit you card, get the, the phone, air phones, there you go. make the call, and you're good to go. Time at all. I think there's a situation up here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it is funny to show you how ridiculous it's about them not carrying guns. Some of the witnesses said they even saw cops running away yeah. from the terrorists because they didn't have guns. Now, these terrorists in this case uh, only had knives. Right. So they only. took a car only. They there were 12 inch. Knives. Right. I mean, that's you can do a lot of damage. A... I'm just saying uh, you have to get closer to somebody yes, to use that's it. that's true. Whereas a gun, you can stand farther away. Can they carry tasers in the UK? I don't know. I'm sure some do, but it's probably not every bobby. They got those batons. Right. You know, those they can crack some skulls. I want one of those. They can crack some skulls.
No, but uh, if the cops run away, of course they're going to run away. The, the guy, bad guys drive well, across see, the, the London bad, Bridge. The, the cops knew. The Bobbies knew already. They had training to run high oh, run and high. call. Not sure it's supposed to apply to them, <laughs> but okay, maybe. Maybe uh, it does. Who are they calling? So um, bad guys take a truck, drive it across the London Bridge, run into a whole bunch of people, and then jump out when it comes to a stop and take out their long knives and start slashing people which is something Cal and I talked about on our morning radio broadcast just a week or so ago. And I said, when are they going to combine those two? When are they going to, because right now you Clearly have... Clearly all your... Terrorists are listening to our show. I apologize for that. I'm sure there's got to be some culpability. Wow. I'm not a part of this. I just want to lie. <laughs> Cal doesn't need any extra scrutiny. He uh, goes through I the airport. Uh-huh. Yes. Uh -huh. need... I was against that, by the way. That's right. He was against <laughs> talking about this at all. No, but... Um, in the past, it's been, okay, we're going to fly planes into buildings, yep. we'll drive cars through crowds, yep. we'll use some explosive devices, we'll shoot people. Even in Paris, when they went on a run, it was explosives, and then on the run, stabbing, shooting people, other explosives. But I think this is the first one of any, at least in the West, where they drove a car, then hopped out and started doing other things. Okay, what was the deal with the fake suicide vests, though? I, I don't, don't, I don't understand I that. I don't know what it was about. It. I'm going to have to defer to Cal on this one. Why, why are you deferring to me? Why would I know why they were? Because you're, you're, you've the, researched this stuff. Wow, oh, that's yeah. really sensitive, Cal. Uh, the fact that you're of Egyptian heritage, you know, Middle Eastern heritage, has nothing to do with me asking you. No, I'm sure it doesn't at all. I'm um, just uh, asking because I know you've researched this type of thing. <laughs> yes, quite often. No. Um, I'm assuming I mean, for the it was. Show. The, Freak people out, you know, just to make. I, I'm assuming this tells but, me that okay, they were. Okay, so the, the the running into the crowd in the van, jumping out with 12-inch knives. That's not going to freak people out. But maybe they thought, don't get too close. He's got a vest on. But it tells me also that the fake vest. Don't get means too that... close. He's got a knife. Yeah, but that's going to be you, you would you would be you keep a further away. distance though. Okay. And keep the cops away too. Or maybe oh, don't okay. shoot him because he might it might go off. You know, right? It, um, okay. You don't want to blow it up. Or but it tells me that if the, the, they weren't ready, they were expecting to survive because right. if you're going to wear a vest that works. You're not planning on having it tomorrow, right. you know. So I'm getaway guessing, device, possibly. Uh, you think maybe, it was used to getaway? Know, but, uh, oh, uh, deterrent. Um, if I mean, they end up getting shot, and clearly they were prepared to die. So did they not have access to the explosives and figured this would help them get away? Um, a little more information would be: was it wired wrong? Was it like, what was the? Was they said it was just fake. Just fake. Yeah, so it, just yeah it wasn't even like was capable like of exploding. I guess I heard fake. That's what I, that was the way it was described. <laughs> That I saw. So, yeah, I don't know, but um, theoretically, if you had it, wouldn't you go ahead and wear it so. and get it done? Have we heard anything about the uh, suitcase bomb from no. the Manchester one? <clears throat> and this one uh. in, on the bridge, apparently they, the, the police detonated four bombs? They detonated so four possible bombs. Oh, yeah. I, I don't know if we've got a clarification if there was actually explosives, but they, they immediately started looking around the area around the London Bridge. I don't know if they had reports or just thought, hey, maybe these guys did something else, and found some bombs nearby. Mm -hmm. And they even had um, police patrolling the shore there along the, the Thames mm -hmm. to see if there were explosives down along there. But this bridge has also been the site of some other attempted terrorist attacks over the last couple of years. I don't know what it is about the London Bridge, if that's the thing that they figure that's a good choke point or what it is, but yeah, I'm thinking Tourists. maybe you put Very some more touristy. Mm -hmm. put some more cops or something like that. Maybe. I mean, what's how do how, how do you defend against something like that? You know, you can against the car, yeah. but you could have if there's more cops in the area. Now they're going to start searching people going on the bridge. I mean, what's? Well, I mean, they do have technology to check for explosives as automobiles go knives, by. You know, you but yeah, like... you can't do something like that. That's not going to be real practical. Yeah. But I mean, if you had cops in the area and then they jump out and start to cause another trouble, yeah. 
it was interesting to see uh, people um, running into the clubs uh -huh. and bars around there, and then the cops tell them to get out. <clears throat> they even one guy has uh, is fleeing with out of the pub pint? with the beer, <laughs> with his beer. Go, go! Oh, I need to grab this. I gotta tell you, if I had paid for the beer, a pizza, something, I'd be taking it. <laughs> Assuming, I, the guy assuming I would actually be leaving it, you know, oh, hang on, one more bite, one more bite. Yeah. I may do that, but yeah, I'd definitely take it. Horrible, horrible situation, though. We still have how many days of Ramadan left? 20 years? At least, like, three weeks left to go. So, yeah, I mean, we're, I think wow. we're about 10 days in, so. Now, is, uh, is murder, death, destruction, um, uh, running people over the car, yes, a long knife, bad. stabbing them on the London Bridge, is that one of the pillars of Islam? No, 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 no it's, it's not. not. No, mm, it's the exact mm. opposite of what I was, what I was taught. Mm. Ramadan's supposed to be, you know, a, a month of piety, and you're supposed to, you know, it's not about you. It's about... Uh, giving to others, uh, reflecting on how you can be a better person, helping, volunteering, feeding others. And, you know, for your own self, you fast from not just food and water, but if you smoke, you're not supposed to smoke. And partaking in anything, you're not, you can't have sex uh, completely abstinent for during the fasting hour. So it's just cutting yourself off from kind of all earthly pleasures mm. and just thinking about how you can be a better human being and better person. And this is the exact opposite of that of what these... Uh, What's the, what's the disconnect here? What, what, what's with the terrorists? We've talked about it on the, on the radio broadcast before, but what's what's the, what's the disconnect from these knuckleheads? I don't know, and I was thinking about like at what I mean. I'm I'm pretty sure they approach um, you know possible candidates through a through an alley of faith, you know, like asking about their faith and if they want to be better better Muslims and things like that. And somehow at some point it gets you know horribly you know um, perverse and the I don't know where it's at what point. Does you don't it, think it starts with like the young kids being brainwashed? Well, it does, but I, I know they, I would think they approach them. This is another thing, like in the mosques and stuff, I think, you know, you have the wrong people preaching things and saying right. things and getting them young and starting to, you know, change their, their idea of what is right and wrong. And at some point it gets completely backwards. And I don't know where, where we're I mean, that. we know they're, they're preyed upon and radicalized, whether it's, Americans that become radicalized and join up with ISIS or people in the Middle East based on the same ways that, that Hitler got people, that mm -hmm. anybody throughout history that has you know, coerced bad, uh, people to become bad and do wrong things, it's the, it's the same mantra. Listen, you've been wronged, mm -hmm. and I'm going to help you out. you just got to follow this doctrine, whatever it is, religious or other. Right. And um, there's always got to be somebody to blame. You know who, who did you wrong. It's that guy. Let's go get him. Mm -hmm. And by the way... You'll, uh, you know, you'll set a bunch of wrongs right. You'll finally get what's due to you. All of this stuff. Mm -hmm. that's, that's part of it. So how do we take care? What's the solution? I think education, um, you know, making sure that the, the youth are, are properly educated towards what is important in the faith and what's right and what's wrong. And um, interpretation and things like that. I mean, they take specific, because, yes, there are parts of the Quran that say things about, like, you know, defending yourself and your and your country and and going to battle, but there's it's like they take this one sentence and not read the entire paragraph where it says, you know, only when you're attacked or only when you're threatened. Mm -hmm. You know, there's nothing in there. It's amazing how important context is. Yes, exactly, absolutely. <laughs> I said, do not kill people like this. I saw, <laughs> I heard, kill people like this. That's what I <laughs> missed. That do not part. Do something like that. Yeah, I think that's part of it. And what you have is across the Middle East, um, the Blurring of the lines between religious leader and civil leader, right? Or, right as mayor, town council, uh, governor, whatever it is, they blur the lines there. 
And a lot of times these guys are nuts. Here's how you know. Because they're not blowing themselves up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're asking other people to. They're asking yeah. other people to do it. And I, what is the argument there? What, what do they tell them there? No, no, no. Someone's got to stay I, here. I've got the Man plan. Man the ship. I'm, I'm making sure everything runs accordingly. Right. So I, mean, I just need you to go ahead and kill yourself. I only wish it could be me. <laughs> I wish it could. I, I bet you that's what they tell them. I I'm wish sure. it could be me. But it's me. also incentivized. It's also made. I mean, to die as a martyr is, is a huge. Well, and families huge, are paid a lot of money to. Not write. even that. I mean, th that aside, it's a it's a huge honor to to die as a martyr. They're looking at themselves as martyring themselves in a war that they believe is something that they need to do. So they actually volunteer for it. They look right. forward right. to it. But wouldn't, but wouldn't you go? How come that guy? He's he's the leader. Why wouldn't he go do it? Why even honor? You know, because uh, he's willing to sacrifice his own honor is, so but that is, is the, is the guy else can be martyred. The guy who's pulling the strings at the top, is it like, uh, uh, I'm just not as, I'm, I'm not as pious as you. I'm not able to do this. Is, is that what they tell I, him? I, I, it has to be Because I got to tell like you, that, there's no matter be a lot how devout I was, at some point I'm going, wait a minute. <laughs> right? I mean, right. That, that's going to put everything on hold until I find out a way to. Uh, to justify how come he hasn't done it. But again, it's education and it's people. Not everybody's capable of doing it. It's not like every Muslim, every person would be able to be brainwashed to this level. You can't be. Some people are more susceptible to it, and they know that. Right. So I guess we're not talking about most people, the norm, whatever, that they're preying upon. Right. Mm, I don't think so, no. I think uh, it's also a level of, of, I don't know, innocence, you know, that they... They don't see what they're being asked. It's it, again, it comes from a place of faith because, in especially growing up where I am and in, 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 in the Middle Eastern culture, religion and faith are intertwined with everything. There's no separation mm -hmm. of church and state. It's it's a part of everything, part of every part of your life. So, um, but you know, just goes to show how the wrong direction with faith will make horrible decisions. You know. All right, mm -hmm. we're going to get a quick break in. If you want to follow us on Twitter, it's at Doc Thompson Show at the Blaze Carry with yep. a K. K. A-R-I. Why do you do that? Just spell it a different way for the purpose of the air. That's it. And at Cal79, it's K-A-L-79. We'll be back in a minute with more of the Pat and Stew program. All weekend long, we continue to have fallout from President Trump saying that he's bailing on the Paris Climate Agreement. And uh, it just got nuttier and nuttier throughout the weekend. It's extermination the, for us all. I know. It's just a death sentence. I know. <laughs> I mean, guys, listen. I, I already can't breathe very well. Oh, my god. Are you having trouble breathing because we've... <laughs> <laughs> the pollution choking us. To me. It's horrible. Why don't we have a three-step program for this? I know, really. Run, hide, Oxygen tell. tank, breathe deep. <laughs> Put your own mask on first, then help somebody else. It's just, like I said, if you want to argue this stuff and you want to argue climate change and the Paris, first, first of all, climate change or man-caused climate change is one issue. Mm -hmm. And then the Paris deal is a separate issue because even if you believe in man-caused climate change, then you have to look at the Paris deal and say, well, that actually helped that, which it would not yeah. even if you believe in this. I think by 0.002% over 100 years. Yeah, it exactly. It is maybe. so small and disproportionately burdensome on the United States. Yeah, like trillions of dollars. Right. It, it, we actually <laughs> will have to cut the number of power plants and mm -hmm. emissions we put out there if we were to fall in line. But other countries 
have not yet reached that threshold. No. So they could continue to grow theirs up to it, and based on the number of people, it's also based on population, you could continue to do this. And we have to put up money for other countries to deal with climate change, uh -huh. whereas they do not, which is just a redistribution effort. That's the real problem. So you've got man-caused climate change, and then you've got the Paris deal separate. But if you want to discuss all that, you being Al Gore, John Kerry, any of the other leftists out there, most of the mainstream media, I'll, I'll sit down, we could talk about that. But when you make ridiculous claims that we're all going to die, or all of these hardships, you've lost all credibility. Yeah. We have a clip of John Kerry, former Secretary of State, being interviewed on MSNBC. My immediate reaction is that it's an extraordinary abdication of American leadership. It is a shameful moment for the United States to have unilaterally walked away from an agreement which did not have one other country requiring us to do something. It was a voluntary program. We designed the okay, program. Okay, hold it right there. The we got to pause. We got to pause truthful. for a moment before we get to it. Um, Doc, hold on. he's using big words. So unilateral, you know unilaterally uh -huh. abdication. Abdication. Come on, this Hang man on. Can I look clearly knows what he's talking about because he uses big words. And if you on. use big words, you're smart and you know everything. <laughs> that is such a good point because John Kerry really wants that. <laughs> he uses it because he's trying to make people think he's smart. Did it apply there? Okay, kind of, but it's a bit of a stretch. Okay, uh, and by the way, to say we're the only country who didn't, okay, doesn't you, if every other kid jumped off the uh, the bridge, would you do it? Yes. Right. I mean, that's what he's saying. That doesn't. How Absolutely. does that make them right? Because they're all in on it. That doesn't make them right. They may be, and, all the cool or they may kids not be. Doing it. All the varsity cheerleaders thought it was cool to do. <laughs> and then to say, um, uh, first of all, every, all the other countries are doing it, but it is also voluntary. Uh huh. Okay, so then why are you pushing so hard for it? Why are you pushing so hard if it is truly voluntary? I don't listen. If you believe in this stuff, you don't want it to be voluntary because you want it to have some teeth for the other countries. Mm -hmm. So why are you pushing for it? Either it's a failed policy and treaty, or um, you're lying to us. To I, say I it is voluntary... I don't understand why, why people are so ready and willing and wanting to jump in bed with the UN that they can regulate our country and we can pay for everyone else. Because, I don't because, get it. Because they're the big <laughs> globalists. That's what they are. By the way, John Kerry should have led with... This is what pollution has done to me. And then, <laughs> and I'd be like, wow, we got to fix this if that's what it's doing to people. He looks a little sleepy. He looks Maybe a little he's sleepy and some, uh, like his face fumes. is all jacked up now. I don't know if he yeah. had some bad surgery or what. But, anyways, back to the rest of it. That was just the first part that's a problem. Here <laughs> oh, we go. Look, more. the penguins were uh, leading. More. With the American <laughs> people today. And the president who talked about putting America first has now put America last together with Syria, which is in the midst of a civil war, and Nicaragua, which thought the agreement didn't go far enough. This is uh, an extraordinary moment of fake news, because the economy he what? described is not the economy of America. America has been gaining jobs in solar. Solar has gained 17 times the rate of our economy. There are 2.6 million jobs in our country in clean energy. Half of them are in states 
that Donald Trump won. So he is not helping the forgotten American. He is hurting them. Their kids will have worse asthma in the summer. They will have a harder time having economic growth. Uh, he's made us an environmental pariah in the world. And I think it is uh, one of the most self-destructive moves I've ever seen by any president in my lifetime. Okay, so many things I to get to. I hate asthma in the summer. In the summer, that's when, that's when your <laughs> asthma really gets to be a problem in the summer. <laughs> summer having it, summer not. Okay, um, where's your proof, John? Mm -hmm. Kids are going to have worse. I, I am so tired of him and Al Gore and these other nuts just floating crap out there, and it just becomes gospel. It's true. Kids are going to have worse asthma in the summer. I'm tired of debunking it over and over and over again. You know where he's getting this? This actually comes from a 2015 study that actually does not prove that asthma gets worse. It actually mm. says just the opposite. It says there's no link between inner city kids where there's more air pollution because of cars yeah. and whatnot in the concentrated area and asthma. Really? I did not read but that study. But you just throw it out there. Might as well just go ahead and say it. People are going to believe it. I think they believe it and it's, it's plausible. You would think, well, if there's more air pollution, more asthma. The fact is... Our air quality continues to get better and better. Mm -hmm. In total, it's better than it was in the 1950s, much better, mm -hmm. because there's been so many regulations put on power plants as it is. And water, same thing. So it's already better. Well, I think that part of it is that the average American, the average person wants to be a good <clears throat> steward of the earth. They don't want to, I mean, when our kids were brushing their own teeth, Keith would always say, you know, well, you don't want, you don't want to kill Nemo, so you know, turn the water off so Nemo has plenty of water or whatever. And, I mean, it's just being a good steward of your Don't earthly waste. resources. Don't waste. People are interested in investing their time and money in uh, better living, being a good steward. Mm -hmm. It's not a bad thing. You know, we want that. So it's, it's good to drive a lower emission car. That's fine. But to force it and to just say, well, if you're not going to, you're an evil Right. Whatever. Well, I mean, but you, you see here, it's, it makes sense. You go, oh, well, of course, there's more pollution. Right. It's, but does this, um, does this really belong as part of this discussion? Don't you think that's pretty far down the list? As far as all of the things that we talked about, again, man caused climate mm -hmm. change, by their own claims of things that they've said, all the bad that can happen, some kids getting worse asthma in the summertime seems pretty far down the list. A little bit of a stretch, but why? Because kids sell. That's what works. It's all You're about the emotion. You're hurting the children, yep. and that's exactly it. Yep. And then the fake news. What does he mean by fake news? I'm not quite sure about that. I don't, I didn't understand that where he was going with that or where he was even coming from. Like, I, I think it's because it's he a, doesn't understand fake news. It's a hot, hot topic. Right, you it's a buzz that, phrase. Yes. That's Absolutely. it. He's just like, oh, it's fake news. Fake news. What's fake news? He pulled out of the Paris Climate Agreement. <laughs> fake news. Fake so news. He did did he not pull out? What are you? What are you saying? I don't. Is he saying his claims are fake news? I don't know. I didn't quite follow that one, and I, I didn't quite follow what he was saying about Syria and Nicar Nicaragua. But I thought. Well, his his argument was there was we were the only country which we were not. I, if I remember right, I think Iran and another one pulled didn't out. China not really getting. No, China, China was in this. China doesn't have any regulations under the Paris Treaty. So how, right. How's that China, and China is the largest. Exactly. They're, they are. They offender of. Right. And India. Those are huge. They got. They each got a billion three people there. Right. Right. They got a billion more and people. They don't have the regulations do. right. on their 
uh, environmental So, of course, stuff. they want in. In fact, part of the reason they've agreed to do this is because, in some ways, it limits our ca capacity. Sure. We cannot continue to pollute the same way, and they get a bunch of money. They don't have to put up as much money as we do redistributing uh, around the globe. I don't think they have to put up I don't any. think they so do. Let me get this right. The countries that pollute the most yes. and have the least amount of regulation yes. don't have to pay. Right. But we, who have tons of regulation yes. and pollute probably one of, on the lower side, yes. That's exactly uh, right. Have to pay and that's where it's someone. wonderful to Do have you know China why? come out and say, well, we're where staying. Where do I sign in. up for that? Because <laughs> it's not actually about pollution. It's not no. actually about green. It's about money and power. That's the reason. Why would, why would money be tied to this? It's, it's like um, um, uh, immigration, where they say we need comprehensive immigration reform. Separate those things. We can discuss the individual pieces. They want it together mm -hmm. to legalize illegals because they know that's the sticking point. What they want here is really to redistribute money and limit power. If it was really about green, they could have simply said, okay, we're just going to set worldwide regulations now. Everybody must reduce their emissions by this standard or reach this. you're so much from these poor countries. Exactly, that's what they say. And the argument is, well, America got to pollute the earth all this time, did, you know, for the last hundred years during their um, industrial revolution, why can't we? That's the argument. <laughs> let us have our turn to pollute. That's, that's kind <laughs> of what so it is. Our fault. Let us you're have our turn to pollute, never mind just stopping pollution. <laughs> and then he mentioned- that's really the goal. He mentions, oh, so best back to Nicaragua and Syria. And his argument was, well, Nicaragua didn't sign on board because it wasn't tough enough. Oh, that's yeah. That's, uh -huh. the, that's, that's the Nicaraguan stance, I'm sure. Right. That's <laughs> right. And, okay, so it's misleading. The other countries are on board. We've said they're on board, but they don't have the same standards. The, the same is not required of them. And then the forgotten man. What? He's like, you people supported Trump. This actually hurts the forgotten man. <sighs> what? How is Trump... And the forgotten man a part of this yeah. because again this is not about man caused climate change this is about the democrats winning power control money he's trying to say that he was trying to say to you forgotten man out there in the flyover states in topeka kansas in lincoln nebraska a little shout out there for you uh, Terry. Yeah, a little shout out there for you <laughs> you people you you voted for trump and look at what he's doing to you you're the forgotten man and he's hurting you so political and yeah. then he mentions um, uh, that it's solar. Solar's doing so much better, yeah. right? <laughs> all these jobs are in solar. So this actually hurts all of those jobs. What he failed to tell you, do you know why? And first of all, the numbers about jobs like that are skewed. But the jobs that are in solar that he's talking about, do you know what's driving those jobs in solar? The fact that solar, for the last eight years, has gotten gobs and gobs of your tax dollars. All of those solar companies that got money under TARP and then stimulus and other government programs that Obama and the Democrats pushed through, huh, I wonder why there's a bunch of jobs in solar. Because your tax dollars went to those solar companies. And how many solar companies went belly up that got money in the stimulus? Literally billions, tens of billions of dollars. It might actually be into the hundreds of billions of now of wasted dollars, tax dollars gone to companies that went outright belly up, that provided nothing. Do you remember Solyndra? Yeah. And there's countless other ones like that. Companies you have not even heard of that got your tax dollars, produced nothing, and is now not around. And who got that money? It wasn't even worker bees, a few. Most of it went into the pockets of the investors or the person who owns the company. That's it. That's the truth. So those jobs created were because your, jo your uh, tax dollars are subsidizing it. The fact is solar cannot compete for one reason. It's not 
cheap enough. Mm -hmm. I love solar. Love it. I'd love to be off the grid. I would love to get free energy after I just pay for my solar panels and tell the electric company to kiss off. Would love it. But the solar panels, when you look at putting them on your house, Oh, outrageously expensive. It ends up about the same, a wash. What you would have paid in electric bills is what you pay for in solar panels over the life of the solar panels. Done. So, right, so you get I those solar panel prices where, down by half, I'm on board. This is what I was talking about earlier. I think that once the technology mm -hmm. comes and, and people can, and it's more affordable, we want to live uh, more green or yeah, not because it's saving the earth. The earth isn't dying because of it. I'm just cheap. What? Cal, would you like to have free electricity? Uh, yeah. Okay, uh, first of all. I think the whole idea. Uh, you got free electricity, uh, sign me up. Uh, first of all, uh, free electricity, all. Uh, I'm, on board. I'm on board. Yes, absolutely. Uh, is it affordable? Uh, no. And I'd also like to have electricity when the power goes down. Everybody else is without, the lot of, lot, without electricity because your power line gets I think it's an amazing hit. thing to I'm harness there. the power of the sun and bring it to our homes. That's great, but I don't have the money for it. They bring those prices way down, and I'm out there hocking the panels myself. Here you go. Get on board. Let's do it. It's just well, they've gotten better. I would better. like them to look nicer on the roof, too. They don't oh, look nice those are already there. out there. Those are, they've got ones that roll on. like. I um, haven't seen those. Oh, they've got ones that look like individual Tesla singles. Just released, Tesla yeah, has those. Oh, okay, they Tesla. Have, they, they have like roll-on ones like this. Like it's part, it doesn't look like panels. It's actually like the roof. It's itself. part of your roof. They have oh, all kinds of stuff. Oh, see, now that I would like. The problem is those are even more expensive. expensive. Bring the prices down. You don't have to worry about this nonsense. And quit lying to us, John Kerry. By the way, more outrageous claims of what's going to happen and how bad of a failure it is on Trump's part because he's not signing on to the Paris Agreement. We'll tell you about those coming up next Yay. on the Patent Stew program. <laughs> Doc Carey and Brad and uh, Callen today. Doc Carey and Bracal. I'm sorry, it's just Cal. Cal79, at <laughs> Cal79 uh, on Twitter if you want to join him there. It's Cal from the Morning Blaze with me, Doc Thompson. You can find out more about us. Go to theblaze.com slash doc. We're talking about the failures of the fallout of the not uh, President Trump not being a part of the Paris Climate Agreement. And the failures of the fallout by that, I mean all of the crazy claims. So you have John Kerry just spiraling out of control with all the nuttiness, including that kids are going to have more asthma in the summer. Yes, in the summer. it's very important to, to get that correct. Mm -hmm. uh, we also had former President Obama with a bit of a failure in his claims. Cal has some of his comments now. Uh, statement goes, a year and a half ago, the world came together in Paris around the first ever global agreement to set the world on a low-carbon course and protect the world we leave to our children. It was steady, principled American leadership on the world stage that made that achievement possible. It was bold American ambition that encouraged dozens of other nations to set their uh, sights higher as well. Uh, wasn't it voluntary? Uh, yeah. Why is it? What is so special about it? John Kerry just said it was voluntary. He was part of this. If it's voluntary, what the hell does it matter? I got. Isn't the whole point of this? It's supposed to have teeth, right? Yes. If if it was voluntary, how come they all haven't just done it? Right. Therefore, it must have teeth. If you don't do it, it does this. So either it has teeth, in which case John Kerry was lying to us. Well, or... either way, he was, he was arguing both sides of it. John Kerry was. 
Which sides? What do you mean? The so when do you have? <laughs> what else did no, Obama he was, say? He was arguing both sides, that it was voluntary, but that it was a necessity. Oh, okay, I see what That's, you're saying. Yeah. Okay, I got yeah. you. All right. Did I hear the crickets? No, you did. I was just waiting for you to fill us in. I, I don't know what you're yeah. thinking. <laughs> Working with my wife here. Well, you know what I'm thinking. You should, know, you should be able to read my mind. The rest of Obama's. No. <laughs> uh, and what made that leadership and ambition possible was America's private innovation and public investment in growing industries like wind and solar. Uh, industries that created some of the fastest new streams of good-paying jobs in recent years. Uh, uh, excuse me. How are you um, championing the private sector when the government is forcing things upon the private sector? Sure, champion that new technology, wind and solar, after we give them a bunch of tax dollars. Mm -hmm. And by the way, we'll make it harder for people that are not part of renewable mm -hmm. energy. And find them. You're not talking about yeah. those people. What about all the coal miners? What about, yeah, uh, what about the people who work in the oil? Right. The coal industry. Yeah, how about them? See if uh, they're liking that new technology as well. <laughs> You're only telling part of the story there, Obama. A bit of a failure. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and they created some of the fastest new streams of good-paying jobs in recent years and contributed to the longest streak of job creation in our history. In our history? In our history. Oh, longest. Ever? Okay, I am so tired of presidents and congressmen and senators claiming job creation. They do not create jobs nor can they tell you how many jobs have been created with any degree of accuracy. I mean, if you might as well just be saying, pick a random number. Thousand jobs created, a billion jobs. Ten, if I were, I would just start claiming, oh, I created 10 trillion jobs last month, and every month right. since then, 10 trillion jobs. So technically? There's not even 10 trillion people on the planet, but that's how many jobs I created. Why? Because there's no way to count them, even the way they count them. And they say, okay, well, so many people, based on the unemployment mm -hmm. figures, only, as you know, reports people who are not on unemployment. That means people not signing up because they fell off the other end, people who are unemployed, not eligible for unemployment, all of this. And it just, the way they, they measure it is a complete failure. And they know that. So the longest job creation, BS. And you can't count part-time right. jobs. They, you can't. They call that, oh, if you have a part-time job, that means you're employed. But that doesn't mean you can feed your family. Right. Right, so underemployed. I'm and, by the way, Used to be you could have um, a junior high school education, go and get a factory job in the you know, 1970s and 80s and make, at the time, uh, $70,000, $80,000 a year, which is great money right. even now. It was right. even better back then. Now you cannot do that. And a lot of those people who've lost those jobs because manufacturing has gone to places like China that you're not holding to the same uh, environmental standards as the U.S., those people still have jobs, but guess what they're doing? They're working down at Home Depot making 10 bucks an hour. Fine job, not meant to sustain a family when you're, when you're 45. No. So tired of that nonsense. And nobody calls them on it, nor will Obama stand up and actually be questioned on it. Sit in this chair. Come here. I almost said Mr. President, former President Obama. Sit here and answer those questions. I've challenged you that your entire tenure as president, and you wouldn't do it. You only go on place like MSNBC where they help you further this BS narrative. Or they give you your questions. Sorry, I'm really frustrated by that. You're very passionate. I'm just about so jobs. tired of it. It's such a <laughs> lie. It is all a lie. Lie after lie after lie, and nobody calls about it. You know what, Cal? Yes. You're having another baby, or your wife is. Um, you are creating a job potentially for a babysitter, so you could proclaim that you are a job creator, right? You are. I am. So wow. you're doing a lot. 
comes with uh, also he's also creating people who need jobs too not yeah. yet but they will need jobs but that so, doesn't, that so we it's don't a wash that. it's oh that's right we don't if you're in government that. you just say you're a no. job creator yes, wow he's that's a job creator and that babysitting job comes with uh, free netflix and <laughs> access to the fridge can you sustain uh, and i can sustain not you uh, can the babysitter can the babysitter you know afford a family and sustaining you know feeding a family on that no but that doesn't matter remember if the right. babysitter's any older than like 15 i don't <laughs> <laughs> also had a, a bit of a failure from the mayor of London and his comments on the Paris Agreement and Trump saying, yeah, we're not going to be a part of that. Here are the comments from the mayor of London. Now more than ever, world leaders must recognize that the, uh, the threat of climate change and join forces to protect public health, reduce toxic pollution and help sustain a greener planet. I remain committed to the Paris Agreement and working with other world cities on solutions to tackling emissions, harmful pollutions, and safeguarding of the environment. We, can o we cannot overlook the fact that the climate change remains one of the biggest environmental risks to humanity. Um, okay, many, many failures there. Number one, Mayor of London, Mayor of London, whew, is there some other threat to Londoners that you could be thinking about today. I don't think Some so. Some other threat. I feel like something in the back of my mind rattling around there. Terrorism, possibly? Oh, right, there is Maybe that. Maybe there's that. There's that. Maybe about guys driving cars across the London Bridge into people jumping out with knives and stabbing them. Might be something to consider. And then he said, it's we not cannot... That big a deal. You know, these little smaller, it's only affecting it's a couple of people. completely safe. We cannot uh, uh, overlook the fact that climate change remains one of the biggest environmental risks to humanity. Weather is really rough. What? What, <laughs> what other environmental risks are there? Floods and... Uh, falling rocks, in, if you're in the mountains. Isn't um, that their whole... It's locusts, the environmental movement. Dew on the morning grass, you could slip on it and hurt your back. I mean, isn't that hedge in his comment <laughs> where you come out like it's a strong statement, but yeah. you add all these little addendums to it to make sure. I want you to know that you are the worst person I have ever met. In fact, you're the worst person throughout history in this studio that has been on right this, this show second. with me right this second <laughs> that is in that chair only. I mean, it's like you just keep adding stuff on, but, but you come out strong with it, you know. It sounds a lot better in a British accent. Oh, is that what it is? You said it? <laughs> yes. Everything sounds more official. By the way, yeah. this is the mayor of London who's committed to working with world leaders on... Dude, you're, you're the mayor. I want all of my mayors committed to working with the world leaders. You're not a world leader as the mayor of London. You're not. Mm -hmm. Even the mayor of New York, you're not a world leader. They think they are. They think they are. You're not. Sorry. Um, you're really not even a world leader when you're a governor. Sorry, guys. Right. That's not really world leader. You'd have to be at the federal level, and even that, not all senators and congressmen are really world leaders, right. are they? No. No, really. No. I always get confused when I see, oh, Senator so-and-so took a trip to, you know, Bosnia to talk with so-and-so. I'm like, why is he going? Right. What is the senator speaking to, an, you know, making international? Um, oh, if you want, I can answer that for yeah, you. Why is he going? Yeah. Because he wants a free trip. Oh, well. That That's what sense. it is. They claim... No, no, I had to go over there and negotiate some sort of deal to bring them that factory to my town or my state, if it's a governor. Um, the fact is, rarely is that the case. Occasionally they do it, but you really have to go over there to negotiate a right. deal? Come on. It just doesn't work that way. More often than not, they're coming up with an excuse so they can get a free trip. Because they're allowed to take certain deals 
uh, take certain trips if it is truly for their job or they have plausible deniabilities for their job or excuse. Oh, man. Um, and or awesome. they can use some of their government <laughs> funds to do it as well if they can say it's for their job. So that's really what it's about. All right, I'm going to get a quick break, and we're going to come back with some more failures of the fallout from the Paris Climate Agreement and Trump bailing on it. Coming up next on the Pat and Stu program. Schwarzenegger waiting on this? Yeah, Arnold Schwarzenegger, a world leader. <laughs> you know. Former Governor Arnold Schwarzenegger and not world leader Arnold Schwarzenegger had some comments on the Paris Agreement. One man cannot destroy our progress. One man can't stop our clean energy revolution. And one man can't go back in time. Only I can do that. President Trump says he's pulling out of the Paris Climate Agreement. My message to you, Mr. President, is that as a public servant, especially as a president, your first and most important responsibility is to protect the people. 200,000 people die every year in the U.S. from air pollution. And at half of our rivers and streams are too polluted for our health. We can't sit back and just do nothing. But people are getting sick and dying, especially when you know there's another way. Mr. President, I know that it can be easier and more comfortable to look backwards. And to many people, the past we know is less scary than the future that we don't know. But some of us know what a clean energy future looks like. And it isn't scary. We have seen it in cities and states and all over the world. In fact, we know that the dirty energy future with asthma, emphysema, and cancer is much, much more terrifying. So please, Mr. President, choose the future. No oh. one remembers the people who told President Kennedy not to go to the moon. Before you do anything. The great leaders. The great leaders that don't walk backwards into the we past, but great leaders that charge yeah. forward. That's the future. Um, I th I'm sorry, Contra. I hate to call you guys out. Uh, that was the Jackie Mason clip. Um, you needed the Arnold Schwarzenegger clip. Does he look like Jackie Mason or what? <laughs> You're doing a Facebook. Could you could you possibly clip the nose hair? That How about that? Is... Do you not own a brush? He, I have lost. I didn't hear a thing Arnold he said. It's all in his hair. nose. Uh, apparently, once you stop diddling the maid, you just let yourself go too. No one, uh, no one. You don't care about how you look anymore. You're just like, okay. Thanks so much for joining us. It's Doc Thompson along with Carrie and Cal in for Pat Stu and Jeffy today. If you want to join us, please follow us on Twitter. We'll get some of your tweets coming up. It's at Doc Thompson Show, at The Blaze Carrie, and at Cal79. That's K-A-L and the number 79. Bill Maher in a little bit of trouble over the weekend. Cal, I want you to give us his exact quote. Um, I'm afraid I can't do that. What are you going to tell you, kids? Uh, exact quote. I'll tell you how it worked, okay? Um, ben, Senator Ben Sass was the guest. 
and he told uh, Bill, oh, you can come to Nebraska, we'll put you to work in the fields. Come out and work in the fields with yeah, us, sure, in right, fields. in Nebraska. And uh, Bill's response was like, Senator, please work in the fields. I'm a house N-word. I'm sorry, I don't know what that means. Which N-word? You're going to have to give him the quote. What's the N actual quote? I'm a house N-bomb. He N said N-bomb, that's what he said? The it, actual... it, 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 it rhymes with trigger. I'm sorry, I don't know what you're, I'm sorry, you're going to have to just say it. because. sorry, I can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> can't do that. Well, read as it, as it is on your schedule. Um, What's it say? Work in the field, Senator. I'm a house and star, 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 E-R. So we didn't even spell it out on our, our little rundown sheets no, here what it is. you can't write that word. You can't even put it on this, the actual quote. And I understand why. I mean, that's how crazy we are. It's a word. One word. We have done the exact opposite with that word. You know what, though? Instead that of, word, I don't like. It I'm makes not saying me really, I like it, really but, we've, uncomfortable. but we've empowered the word. We have, by trying not to say it and not to offend people, hey, listen, if it bothers you, I won't say it, no big deal. We've empowered it. It is the worst word in, in America that you could say. I would agree, and I it's think I would... It's worse than the F word. I guarantee I, you. I, I, I slip agree. up on the air, I drop an F bomb. Eh. Right. I drop I drop a C bomb, which is pretty bad. People, yeah. ooh, dark. You shouldn't have done that. Maybe a day or two off work. I drop an N word. I'm packing. I'm done. I'm fired. I Not think just here. That'll follow anywhere. you everywhere that, you go. That word though has <laughs> so much history and depth of bad and brutality. Um, Here's the thing. It didn't always. And this is this people don't know. It used to be a like we say. Oh, it's a black guy, a white guy, or whatever. It, people would say it. I had um, uh, some relatives that, uh, my, my father's from West Virginia. I still mm -hmm. have relatives in West Virginia. And my dad's step-grandfather, or my mm -hmm. dad's stepfather, my step-grandfather, because yeah. my dad's father skedaddled when he was a kid. Um, great guy, worked in the coal mines, worked the whole thing. He would use that as a term, like we would say, oh, uh, you know, no, give it to the black guy or the white guy or whatever. He had friends who were black, who he would use that word to describe them, because it was just, oh, he's a good old, you know, like this. And mm. the guy's like, oh, yeah, it's just, it, it, was, it wasn't that offensive of a word to everybody, and certainly not to this, this level. It was something that we empowered because some people said, yes, it was used as a racial slur. But, I mean, people say cracker all the time. You can bust out, look, I just said it. Cal, you're a cracker. Carrie, you're a cracker. I'm going to have a job tomorrow. Well, uh, I may get I fired, but, I may but go to HR. Not, not for that. <laughs> I won't be fired for that. Likely something else. I but I will not be fired with that. Too, you know, I can call you Wood, It's fine. The history of, of not what? just. What? That's, another, that's another term, people would, a derogatory term about white people. Okay. What, was it? what did you say? Peckerwood. <laughs> I didn't know like a, that that had anything yeah. to do with white people. I thought people. you were calling thought, me that out of, out of a term yeah, of endearment when no. you called me that. Snowball, it's all kind. So, you okay. can say yeah, any yeah. of those things, and it's fine. This one we have empowered to make it offensive. And but wrong read, is wrong like, or read, it is not. If you read MLK's um, letter from a Birmingham jail, and he uses it in such a powerful way of, of how it is um, demeaning, and and it comes across. I that word just I don't. I think it also. I mean, not just the slavery aspect, but the entire. You know. Uh, oh, it's the whole civil rights yeah, movement civil and rights leading movement up to and that, that and how demeaning and like it was. The horrible deaths and the lynchings and all that. You know, it just. It doesn't it represents mean that. that it doesn't know? represent that. You don't think so? I think it, it does. does not. It is a racial slur. All racial slurs are bad or they're not. What I think is that you know that 
you know, in pop culture, rappers and actors and stuff, I black people that. use it. I don't, and, you know, and the I feel like if you're trying to take away that tomorrow. word, uh, using it only kind of, I don't know, I know that they're saying that they're using it kind of more of like in, in an empowering way, but I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I, that, that's a dumb excuse. I don't think that's empowering at all. I think that's just, oh, oh. it bothers me no matter when it is. If you, want, if, it is. if you want the word to go away, stop making it a big deal. Done. I mean, is it, okay, is it okay if I don't use the word, but I say something horrible to somebody because of their race that they're black? No, that's not okay. Okay, then why are we arguing <laughs> about the word? It's a word. It's one but word. But he's also using it, Mar is also using it in the context of slavery, in the context <laughs> of its history. True. I'm not saying it's nice. I'm not saying I like it. It was also a joke. And there's other racial slurs for Jewish people, for Hispanic right. people, for and they don't get as much. As, oh no, uh, there's definitely a hierarchy yeah. of there's some that you cannot say, right. some that and eh, you get all the way down to white people. You're like, yeah, say whatever the hell you want about them. Right. And that's that's wrong. Either you're going to argue all of this stuff is wrong or none of it is wrong. I'm not having the double standard on this stuff. Sorry. I would argue you it's could all try wrong. To do it. Any racial then slur be is done. wrong. Period. Then be done. I would argue they're not wrong. It's the context in which they're intended. Or, or the context or the spirit in which they're intended. But if it's a racial slur, then the context is to offend. I just used it I just used it on you a minute ago. Yeah, I didn't say is hey, it as that was great. It, but but it <laughs> would, was it as bad as Bill Mars? <clears throat> I think there's also a connection to, to uh, we're three, you know, almost white people, right. um, <laughs> you know, talking about something that I, I don't know what it feels like to be a black person and right. then to hear that word and how I can't judge because I, I don't know. So true. There's a different emotional yep. attachment Absolutely. as well. You and know? you know what? Black people do not know what it's like to be a white person who's called a racist because we simply mm -hmm. say, I'm not buying in any of this stuff. I treat people well, but I'm not getting overly sensitive about racial slurs. You don't like it. Move on but therefore I'm called a racist. You don't know what that's like. That's the part that pisses me off about this. Everybody has a side, nobody knows. Treat people well and I think move that's on. what it comes down to though, is that <clears throat> we can't say we understand the other side. Everyone has their own point of view from <clears throat> a situation and we do, it's, it's a matter of treating people with respect. It's the golden rule, not, you know. Right, but that's why I say it's the spirit in which it's intended. You could say all kind. You could say like really horrible things to me, and I'm like, okay, whatever. Mm -hmm. You could say something very simple to me, and if I if you <laughs> push the right buttons, it's going to tick me off. Mm -hmm. The spirit in which are you trying to be a jerk? Bill right. Maher was not trying to be a jerk here. Bill Maher is a big progressive. He's not out there, you know, joining up with the KKK or anything like this. He made what some people consider a bad joke. Some people were offended by. Some people thought it was hilarious. Mm -hmm. Some people didn't care one way or the other. Isn't it simpler to just say, hey? If you don't like that joke, then maybe you don't watch Bill Maher anymore. Or, True. I mean, did this hurt anybody? Yeah, well, did this, part, did this pick anybody's pocket or break their bones? Part of what, part of what I understand is happening in the backlash of this is that Ben Sass is coming under fire. Oh, Ben Sass. Oh, so, we'll, we'll run down the list, but re real quick, did this, did him joking? So again, uh, Ben Sass comes out working the fields with us, and Bill Maher says, Senator. I can't work in the fields with you. I'm a house N-word. And the audience laughed and whatever. Some of it probably laughed, laughed track as well. Did that pick anybody's pocket? Did it break anybody's bones? As the standard set forth by Thomas Jefferson. 
It no. did not pick their pocket, nor did it break their bones. You don't it like it? It didn't set us back in civil rights It either. did not set us Move on. Be done with it. But, so first you have Bill Maher getting the fall of uh, the backlash and mm -hmm. HBO, and then Sass. Mm -hmm. So Benedict, Ben Sass comes out, and people are, uh, after, he just sits there uncomfortably, like, right. oh, okay, what do I do here? And on Twitter, social media, people go crazy. How dare you? It's racist that you didn't say anything. Is it on him to say anything, Carrie? Why, why, why not Cal? Cal's going next. He's uh. going to comment next. I think that, okay, ask the question again. Is it <laughs> Ben Sass's responsibility to oh, say his something? responsibility to say something. To, I think <laughs> that it would have, that would be a situation that would be really uncomfortable. And I think that he could definitely say, dude, what's the deal? Um, especially in the context of Bill Maher would not let anyone <clears throat> slide if he didn't think that if they if they said something that he didn't agree with or didn't mm -hmm. think was appropriate, he would not let them slide. So I think that Ben absolutely could have not let him slide. And what would have happened if Ben Sass had said that? So if he had said, OK, so everybody's laughing. OK, mm -hmm. everyone's laughing or laugh track. Bill Maher's there, whatever. If he had said, uh, hang on a second, Bill, um, I don't think it's right for you to be using a word like that. Mm -hmm. If he had said that, would people have said, oh, my God, Ben Sass, no, such a great guy. No, they would have said so, he's a party pooper. No, they would have said you know. he's a snowflake. They would have said he's trying to control language. Okay. He doesn't believe in the First Amendment, and he's a snowflake. That's exactly what they would have said. He was in a no-win situation. Leave the guy alone. It's not my responsibility to, uh, to answer for stupid stuff Carrie says. Thank God, because she says a lot of stupid stuff. I mean, I've been told some, some people. Is it your responsibility to clean up what Cal says? No. Thank no. God, because Cal says a lot of stupid <laughs> stuff. I'm How about you be personally responsible? <laughs> right. I've been known to say a thing or two. So, but, I mean, this does is, that automatically make you uh, liable for what the other person says? That is a horrible That's precedent. That's the thing. He shouldn't be liable for no. what Mar said. I mean, uh, it, it doesn't make sense. You can't blame him for what came out of the other guy's mouth. Right. It's, no. a, it's a bad precedent to be setting, by the way. So anybody that's within earshot... Uh, if they say something, you've got to make a big deal. Hold on there, man at the next table having dinner with his wife. I must step forth and tell you what you just said was inappropriate. Come on. Move on. You don't like it? Done with it. No, but if, <clears throat> if we're sitting having a conversation and you drop the N-word, mm -hmm. I think I would, I would hope that I would say, dude, what Why? are you doing? Why? Because that is just a horrible word. And stop me when I said cracker. Anyway, so. Because you were making a point. Bill Maher was making a joke. There's also jokes. Why can't we laugh, Carrie? I can laugh. I don't think you can laugh. <laughs> <laughs> Is that how you laugh? That's frightening. You know what? Don't laugh. Don't laugh. It wasn't a joke. You're right. That's not good. <laughs> okay. So then HBO gets a bunch of uh, heat for this, and they step, and I'm paraphrasing, but HBO's like, okay, this was horrible. Bill Maher shouldn't have done this. We're investigating it. We're looking into this. We're going to edit it out in future uh, mm -hmm. because apparently this it's is alive, right. and then they do the, the replays of the yep. show throughout the week because it's a weekly show. So they uh, say, we're not going to, uh, we're going to edit that out. We're not going to show it again. What's your thought on that? That's BS. I'm sorry. Why is that here. BS? Because HBO is a pay subscription oh, channel. I'm that. paying to hear that. 
whether I, you know, I'm paying a subscription to HBO because of their programming, mm -hmm. because I want to hear unfiltered, unedited things, not to mention all the comedy specials they air with comedians dropping N-bombs, mm -hmm. especially black comedians, and movies, you know, TV series, you know, there's, there's plenty HBO of stuff. over the years has shown movies where people have been raped, beaten, tortured. They've showed movies where people have dropped the N-bomb a hundred times in the movie. They've showed all of this. And now they're concerned because Bill Maher made a joke using it once. Why are they doing it? It shows their hypocrisy because they got heat. That's it. Mm -hmm. That's definitely. They should have just said, listen, we're a pay subscription service. People pay to get unfiltered and unedited content. We don't edit our content. That's that's and what's gonna, what's going to happen? And you people, know what? People going to not buy? Come on, they'd no. be back next. And month. I go to like I'm I'm an HBO subscriber. I enjoy their programming because I want real content. And this is this is real talk. This is how people talk in the form of entertainment and movies and comedy and things like that. I don't I don't want that edited. I, I want to hear what it's like in the real world. I want to hear people use the N word, right? Is that what in, you're saying? In the right context. You yeah, Cal wants right those context. shows. That's right. You know, you can get huh. videos online of the KKK and they're using them too. I just don't know. You know, they don't have to pay for them. You have the flyers and all kinds of stuff. They give you a uniform. Break. That's a break. <laughs> I think, I think, yeah, they're saying it's time for a break. Uh, so you have uh, Ben Sass, then you have HBO, mm -hmm. and then Bill Maher himself mm -hmm. because everybody pressured him. How dare you say it? And Bill Maher, a guy whose show is called Real Time, he mm -hmm. used to be on a show called Politically Incorrect, who has a long history of saying outrageous things about religion, uh, both Christianity, Islam, mm -hmm. everything else, yep. uh, supporting abortion. I mean, it, it, joking about the most sensitive things out there and standing firm said, oh, I probably shouldn't have said that. I Was it I was really tired? I've been uh, kind of run down. You know, I shouldn't have said it. I made a mistake. What? So you stand by all the other jackassery things you've said over the years? All the jokes you've made about abortions, about Christianity and everything else? Or religion in general. Religion, religion in general? He's a big-time atheist. Right, he's an atheist. Right. Which is fine. I'm fine with his jokes. You don't like it, don't watch it. I have the same standard. But you punk out, you puss out, Bill. I stand by your right to joke about it, that people are too sensitive, everybody should get over it, you don't like it, don't buy HBO, vote with your dollars, fine. I stand with the first, that's great. But you wuss out? I don't think it has anything to do with that. I think this is, honestly, nowadays, that word <clears throat> can equal career suicide. And if you don't apologize, it could mean the end of your career. Yeah. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Bill has so Which cash. means apologies probably isn't, isn't sincere. Right, I don't exactly. Think, I don't think no, it of course it's not. Uh, Bill has cash. So isn't this a good time in his life? He's not young. Last half part of his career, whatever that part is, 10 years, whatever. He's rich. He, he could still go do stand-up all over the place. Mm -hmm. he'd still, that's that's, that's the thing, though. He can. No, he'd be if able to do stand-up still. People, they, they <clears throat> yeah. won't have him. Now, I mean, he'd, he'd still, listen, he'll be back. You, you think can, so? Yes, it takes a while and you'll be back. I mean, who yeah. is that other guy? Uh, the guy who played Kramer. Yeah, uh, that's, Michael. Uh, that's, Michael a little, uh, that's a little different. He also he, went off, He too. went off. It wasn't a and, joke. And, yeah. and he's also kind of nutty, too. Yeah. But, um, no, he'd be back. He'd still be able to do stand-up and stuff. He has what I don't get with his... Make a stand if this is your... If you don't believe in political correctness. Well, I agree. I think that he should have, I mean, with his whole shtick or who he is, um, it would make more sense because he backs everything else he says. Right. So he was not, what I don't get about his apology is that he said, um, you know, last night was a particularly long mm -hmm. night and I regret the word I used. So 
at what point does this, like that would never cross my mind, long night, not long night, it would never cross my mind to use that word or any racial slur. So that tells a lot about him too, that that would just, no problem, pop Yeah, that right doesn't out. sound like a legit, like, well, you know, when I'm sleep deprived, then the N-word start comes in. Right, comes exactly. Out a whole lot. I mean. Gosh, I hate it when I don't get enough sleep. If, I, if I've got a full ass. eight hours, it's probably not coming out. But, you know, if I only get six and it's been a long day, it's I'm just like a sailor. There. I'm a, you know, <laughs> I can't control it. It's just boom, boom. Or, a, you know, a glass of wine or something. It starts. Right. Don't you feel like that's truly who your character is? You'd say it? And I think it is. I think Bill would use it in that context. I don't think Bill... And this is defending, as much as I disagree with a lot of uh, his politics and his ideas, I don't think if Bill went into a club or a bar or a taxi or whatever and somebody black did something and he got into an argument that he would go, you, and call somebody that, or I really don't think he is Mm -hmm. that type of person. Mm -hmm. But I think he would certainly tell a joke with it in it. I think he'd be sitting around with buddies on stage and go out and go, okay, there's a joke where it was germane to the joke. I think think he would absolutely do that. I, I think would, some people would argue say that you can't. That's that's not a joking matter. Well, I, I was gonna, just going to say, you know, I would be curious to know if people who are offended by him making a joke with the word, and I don't think it's appropriate. I think it's wrong. So just that caveat out there right now. Um, but I, I would be surprised, or I'd be interested to know if um, they appreciate and enjoy a black comedian's use of it in a joke, hmm. because it's the same context. Technically, if it's a joke. I'm just uh, reevaluating all the jokes I had to tell you guys off the air. I was going to send a whole. I don't want to hear them. I was going to send a whole <laughs> list of them to your kids. They're really funny. I got a whole bunch of jokes. Are your kids here today? When no, are they coming not. in next? Because I have a whole bunch of jokes for them. Uh-huh. It'll be swell. You, uh-huh. uh, you want me to write them down for them? No. Have them call me. Have them call me. A whole <laughs> list. They're really, really funny. Mom won't like them, so they'll really, really love them. Oh, and good. now that I know, that's it. All right, are, am I wrong here? Is, you care, are you buying this politically correct nonsense from Terry? It's not a matter of political correctness. It's a matter of decency. It was a joke. Not all jokes are funny. Uh, then you don't have to listen. I don't listen. Well, there you go. Then you weren't so offended. So there. No. And other people, they don't like it. Were so you offended, Carrie? Shouldn't there? I didn't did watch. Did you personally? <clears throat> I didn't watch. And if someone used that in a joking matter around me, I, I wouldn't appreciate let me, it. Let me ask you I something. I wouldn't think, <clears throat> Are you a Christian? Yes, I am. You're a Christian. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Is there a particular piece of scripture you like? Or oh, a book of the lot. Bible? Give, give me lot. one off the top of my head. I love Ecclesiastes. I love uh, just... Do you really? I do. It's tremendous. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I, this first, especially the first part. Give me, give me one piece. One something you like. Um, okay. Psalm 51. Okay. There are some people that are going to be offended by that. Well, then they don't know the context of it. No, no, no. It doesn't matter. There are some people matter. that... Could be and that, likely. Uh, excuse me, teacher, yes, per- yes, professor. Uh-huh. For those of us that don't know Psalm 51, can can you please? Well, my favorite verse in it is verse 10, and it is, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. And uh, it comes out of... Uh, wait a minute. <clears throat> you just said God. Yep. You don't think there's some people that will be offended by that? Uh, I didn't Maher, use it in a atheist? joking matter. Doesn't, doesn't matter. You quoted. Bill- some, some people are offended let me tell you where that comes from. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I, I said on the break. Hold on, because it's a great story. The point is, you could be <laughs> offended and claim to be offended by everything. So, sure. What would what would your advice to them be? Hey, maybe you don't be around me 
or maybe you don't watch the show or maybe whatever because I'm going to quote scripture from time to time. Right. Well, that's so shouldn't there and couldn't there be a place? Isn't that nice to say, hey, you want to get locker room jokes? Hang out in the locker room. You want to hear a racial slur as a I joke like or whatever? I don't like locker room jokes either. Oh, so do you hang out at locker rooms or people who tell them? <laughs> there it is. But should those places not exist? Should we as a society call them out instead of simply saying, hey, just don't do that around me? That's what I'm saying about it. But Otherwise, I... you get in that slope of political correctness. All right, we got to get a break in now that I've silenced you. Have a little break. Back with more. Sherry <laughs> Cow and me, Doc Thompson, next on the Pat and Stu program. All right, there is so much craziness right now. We got to touch on the uh, Kathy Gif Griffin. I almost said Gifford. You always say Griffith. I say Griffith, and then I try to stop myself, <laughs> and I want to say Gifford. The Griffin and Griffith thing have always thrown me off. Um, so we had a situation last week where she had a picture of her doing some sort of a skit uh, snapped by TMZ, and they leaked it. And it's of her hosing what looks like the severed head of Donald Trump. Um, I said virtually the same things I said about Bill Maher. You don't like it. Don't follow her. Is it offensive to some people? Some don't care. Some will actually like it. Inappropriate, maybe to some. Move on. Nothing to see here. She shouldn't be fired. Done. There's a place for it. However, it's certainly the right of, um, where does she, CNN, where she mm -hmm. was doing the thing, mm -hmm. CNN and others, to say they're not going to use her because it could affect their business. Right. But I'm not going to call for her to be fired. Just don't watch and vote with your dollars. Same, virtually same thing. And then she came out and apologized, and we questioned if it was e sincere. I didn't think Did it was you think it was sincere? I didn't really think it was very sincere. Okay, I was kind of on the fence. I was like, this doesn't sound that sincere, but okay, fine. And then she had a press conference noon on Friday, just a day after the apology. And the press conference was, again, I shouldn't have done all those things. However, Donald Trump is it's bullying me. And she's the victim now. Mm -hmm. So doesn't either she's sorry it? or she's not. And if she's not sorry, then she shouldn't have apologized in the first place. And if she is sorry, then she can't come out as the victim because she created this herself. And she needs to just stick with the apology and be done with it. Do you think she's, do you think she's doing this for attention? She's somebody who likes to just get attention. I mean, the press conference and all the claims. Because she claims she's being bullied by Trump. He's trying to ruin, he, he ruined her. They're He's trying to, ruin, it, trying ruin to destroy her, her. Trying to destroy her. The first family. He the whole family her. is trying to destroy he, he her. All, he, all, he broke her, she said as well. He's she trying has to destroy his head. <laughs> he well, broke her. <laughs> well, yeah, there's that. And she, she said it first. I mean, she drew first blood, so to speak, right? She came out. Yeah. I mean, he wasn't out there going, Kathy is the worst ever. She's not tremendous. Right. She did this. Right. He commented it was wrong. Melania, Don Trump Jr. commented it was wrong. I read something where Barron was watching TMZ or something like that. He was watching it and saw it and freaked out <clears throat> and was calling for his mom. I mean, you, this is an 11-year-old kid seeing his dad, an image which he didn't know. He was mm -hmm. freaking out. Um, I'm more offended by her head yeah. than his in this. I mean, that's, that's not good. That's, that's some scary stuff. That's really horrible. I was like, oh! Oh, and she's got Donald Trump's head. Okay, let me see there. Um, same thing, but to claim you're the victim now, mm -hmm. I mean, if you walk up and punch somebody and then they punch you back, are you the victim? 
No. They're the victims still. Yes. Sorry. That's how it works. Yes. This isn't particularly frustrating to me, especially the level of meltdown she had. Mm -hmm. um, what did Trump do? What did they do that is making her a victim? Uh, well, she claims they've been bullying her. How is it bullying? To simply say it's it wrong? Yeah, there's I don't the, think it is. Oh. <laughs> the, you blurred the wrong. Yeah, there it is. You blurred the right one, finally. Nice job. Okay, what's going on with Bette Midler now, too? This is nutty. I, what is the deal? I don't get it. She's saying she, that men in religion are worthless. Um, okay, I don't know what the two of them have in common. I mean, there are men who are religious, um, but I don't know. And this is in the, response to the, the casualties in London. So, again, what is the point? Because of, more, she, she wrote, more sorrow and grief at the hands of madmen in London. Men in religion are worthless. Is it only men who do bad things? Um, no. I don't know if Bet has uh, been paying attention. Women do some pretty heinous things, too. Yes. Uh-huh. Um, and why is it religion that is wrong in this? So she's saying... Just across the board. All religion. Across the board. And all people who claim. As we yep. started the show, do you think these people are really religious? I mean, they may they think are they very are. very skewed. But you are taking just bits and pieces and then bastardizing right. what, what it supposedly is about into what you believe it is. Well, in the full, full claim that just all men... All religions completely worthless because of some bad men who were claiming to do evil in the name of their skewed. Is she faith. single? Bette Midler? Yeah. I don't know why. And that might, might lead to the whole hating men thing. <laughs> okay, so you think there's, there's a backstory? Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't doubt it if she was single. Just a guess. Just a she guess. Might be. Oh, did you guys see Wonder Woman? I did, I did not. Cal, you're, I know I think you I need to see it because I need a good uh, power, cathartic. I don't get why. I mean, <laughs> it was just meh as a superhero movie, and I don't get why women would find it empowering. I but want a bunch to did. see it because I, I heard your review this morning on the meh. Morning Blaze, and all three of you men. Me, Chris, and Cal, the yes, morning show, were all like, said meh. meh. But women are coming out <laughs> with just these raving reviews and feeling empowered, but also fearing yeah. tears. Marissa, Marissa, who's the producer of this show, who clearly has lost her mind, thought it was amazing. Well, she's a vegetarian. Well, there's that. So she's probably got some sort of weird <laughs> thing going on there. I don't know. But uh, to say, and she's not alone. I don't know. Maybe there's something in, in the DNA of women that makes it empowering or something to them. I mean, it was entertaining. I want to see I it. Just... See, uh, I want oh, to see. She didn't feel empowered. Okay, good, Did though. you feel sad? <laughs> No. Did you cry? No, no, I didn't bunch teared up. I mean, I just my wife was, was all okay. like, uh, mm. she was empowered to get back in shape. My wife is pregnant. Yeah. And she, I think seeing Gal Gadot in that yeah. strong, you know, sexy pose and everything. She is hot. She though, was I will like, say after that. this baby, Smoking. I'm getting back into shape. Mm -hmm. So, and she looks great for. I mean, she's pregnant. She's not like she's. You know, now here's what I want you to do, right. Cal. I want you when when she has the baby, you know, you give her a day or so, and then you go, honey. And you bust out the post. Nope, nope, you don't do that at all. <laughs> Wait a minute, well, she's the one said she wants to. Doesn't matter. Let no, her bust she, it out herself. <laughs> I know, but she said she wants Just to. Just Cal for a happy marriage. Out. No. Cal, you're no. helping so I shouldn't should remind no. her that she said that. And no. I know what you do. Nope, you get her a copy of the movie <laughs> and a poster. And you say, this is your inspiration, because I know you want motivation to get back in shape. No. I think that's a good move for him. He's helping her, Carrie. Nope. nope, he's not. He is ruining you his own. Women are so He will have confused. no more children. Why are you so confusing? <laughs> no chance at it.
I don't understand y'all. Oh, wow. He's making a little bit of sense. Yeah, I don't know who to listen to. I just don't know. I feel like spoons should be that. actual food. We get gum and cat treats. Well, you know, you're the fill-in, so that's this, really... I mean, like, like steak. We should be... Wait, let me see this. Cats? Cats. We're going to eat licorice cats? Is it licorice? Oh, licorice. It's Dutch licorice. Oh, well, I don't know what the difference is between... Here you go. Swedish... You got to come over here, Cal, and get some. What are you staying over there for? Yes, he can. No, he can't. It's Ramadan. Oh, darn it. Okay. You insensitive oh, son... It's like... Stuck in my tooth. It's anus or, flavor. <laughs> it's anise. Close enough. Anise is really good. Mm -hmm. My kids don't like what? it. What? I like anise. Licorice. That's horrible. It's okay. Do you like black licorice? Then but this like is that. gonna like, I, I can't get rid of it. Uh-huh. Oh, I gotta try with the other one. Swedish fish gum. Okay. I like the Swedish fish. You just mm -hmm. spit it out. I did because Wasteful. it's not gonna go away. Wasteful. <laughs> it's gonna take an hour to eat one licorice cat. Okay, so this Smells like Swedish fish. It's Swedish the fish trident. Gum? Swedish yeah. fish gum. Can you yeah. smell things in Ramadan? Yes. Okay, you want to smell you it? You can stand next to us still. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Okay. Hell? Um, Ooh, that's good. I don't know, it's okay. Although this I wish they just had Swedish good. fish. All right. One to 18. What do you think? No, licorice is like a zero because that's the level. As far as licorice goes, I think this is good. I'd give Horrible. it a 10 because it's Swedish fine. Swedish fish licorice. gum, I give an 18. I awesome give it gum. a 10. It tastes good, but I don't think I could blow a bubble with this. I'm trying to get enough. That's all. That's a failure of uh, No enough. bubbles. Yeah. That's what it's about. Three friends who stand around chewing gum. Yep. That's what it's all about. Swedish fish gum. You're done. <laughs> all right, um. Don't forget, we'll be with you all week. If you want to follow us, it's at Doc Thompson Show on Twitter, at the Blaze Carry and at Cal79. Here's a clip of uh, Glenn Beck now. Mike Lee. Speaking with Senator Mike Lee. Mike, how has your job gotten easier or harder? It's definitely gotten more interesting. More interesting this year now that Republicans are in control not only of both houses of Congress, but also the White House. It opens up some interesting opportunities, opportunities that we need to seize, we need to pursue in defense of freedom, and in defense of free markets. That wasn't the question. <laughs> it's a lead-in <laughs> to a longer I, discussion. I just, I just, I can't imagine, because I know you, and I know you haven't changed since that first time we talked. You were driving in the, in the canyon of Utah someplace, and I called you, I think, out of the blue because somebody said you were running for Senate. And... Um, and I, I just wanted to know who you were, and if you, you know, if you had the fortitude to stand, and left that conversation feeling really good, and have been amazed at how rock solid you are. Does there ever come a time when you're just like, I, can't, I just can't do this anymore? Only a couple times a day, you know, <laughs> uh, and. You know, I, I do remember the conversation well. I was with my wife, Sharon. We were at the mouth of Provo Canyon heading toward Heber. We were going to a political event up there, and we had to pull over at the side of the road 
because we knew we were about to lose cell coverage, and uh, we had a good conversation. I remember being surprised because I'd never been asked by I anyone in the political campaign context, much less a, a, a nationally known radio and television personality, if I were concerned about the welfare of my soul. But I appreciated the question. And uh, it's a question that's very much worth asking because one has to know how to answer that question before going into battle. Do you, do you remember how you answered it? Um, I think so. I think I told you I, I'm certainly concerned about the welfare of my soul. I know that I'll one day meet my maker. And I'm also concerned about not losing my grounding, losing my political principles, separate and apart from the questions I'll have to ask uh, answer to uh, questions I'm asked by my maker someday, I will also have to answer, if I'm elected, to my constituents on a regular basis. I want to make sure that what I do for them is consistent with what I've told them is my philosophy about the purpose of government, about limitations on it. And so, yeah, the, things like that are tested and they're stretched, they're pushed, they're pulled uh, almost every day when you serve in Washington. Uh, that's why I always have a copy of the Constitution with me, and I, 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 I never stray from it, because it's the only thing that works. It's not just that I've sworn an oath to uphold it. <laughs> it's not just that I promised my constituents that I would follow it. It's that it's also the only answer. It's the only way we limit this power, which is potentially very dangerous, the power we have in our national government. So when you said some, something pretty close to all of that, um, you answered it better than any other politician and I think it's why you've kept your soul because you know where your your anchor is um, and your anchor is the Constitution and God and those two points have really kept you solid um, but we're not we're we're a country that is so lost from the Constitution that conservatives 49 percent of conservative millennials now say I believe in the freedom of speech, absolutely, but it's government's responsibility to make sure that we only have the right kind of speech. <laughs> it's not freedom of speech. It's not. In fact, it's, it's quite the opposite. We have to remember, Glenn, that it's a dangerous thing when people draw near to the Constitution with their lips, but demonstrate through their actions that their hearts are far from it. It's not just that saying it's okay to let government regulate speech because sometimes the government needs to. It's not just that that's dangerous. That's 180 degrees opposite from free speech. That is the opposite of free speech. Saying the government gets to decide what ideas are worth expressing and then empowering government to restrain those who have differing viewpoints from those viewpoints favored by the government in charge at any given moment is extremely dangerous. Our history books are riddled with examples of people who have suffered as a result of that kind of thinking. We can't ever allow that to take hold in America. So you are, you're really an, uh, an architect or an engineer. Um, uh, you would have been at the Constitutional Convention and you, I think, would have been in there with the big boys actually putting the hood up and saying, now, wait a minute, hang on just a second, let's really look at this. And I've heard from so many people in Washington that appreciate you because you're quiet, you're behind the scenes, uh, people can trust you, and you're actually worried about the mechanics. I say that because, and I mean this with real profound respect, I wish I was 
half the nerd you are, you get excited about, you know, the Constitution and you get excited about all these things because you see it as an operating manual. This book, written out of history, is not an operating manual. No. This is, this is the story of the people that have been written out of history. What, where, where is that coming from? This is the story of a few of the people whose ideas weren't fashionable. A few of the people whose ideas ran against the grain of their time. They very much influenced those of the founding era, but they were sort of selected out by historians over time as people who didn't fit the narrative. So they were written out of history. I was inspired to write this in part by the popularity of a Broadway musical that came out a couple of years ago. Mm -hmm. A Broadway musical that featured uh, a, an American founder. Hamilton. Uh, who's Hamilton, uh, whose image we see on the $10 bill. It was astoundingly popular, in part because people understand that there's something about that generation that got it right. These were not perfect beings. This was not a utopian society. They did a lot of things wrong, made a lot of mistakes. But they were unusually gifted, and some of them were unusually prescient about what was going to happen. I appreciate the compliment you gave me a moment ago that you think of me as someone who might have been right, right there. I don't know where I w would have been. I don't know that I would have been uh, someone with that much foresight or that much creativity as they had, but I'm glad they did it. What I do know is that I'm here now. What I do know is that what they did works. It works because when we followed it, it, it has fostered the development of the greatest civilization the world has ever known. So that generation had something we see it, and we intuitively are drawn to it. But in order to fully understand what that generation went through, what they sacrificed, what they gave up, and what they put in place for us, we have to know their stories. That's why I wrote that, this book, because I want people to be drawn into those stories, to become part of that same movement that gave us the Constitution. So let me veer off and then come back to that. Um, if you look at... Um, I, somebody was in my office a couple weeks ago, and they were talking about George Washington. And um, we, we were talking about what an, uh, an amazing man he was on so many levels. But they said, King George was right when he said, if he gives up power, he'll be the most remarkable man to ever live. And he put it into perspective for me in a different way. He said, Glenn, you have to understand that was a completely new concept. It's not like people had other examples of leaders. They were all strong men or kings. They didn't, you didn't have this example. So nobody had ever seen. And so when he is saying, no, I don't want to be king, why not? Why, that's, that's your rightful place. And when he gave it up, it, it was such a remarkable thing that up until FDR, we didn't, uh, no president ran more than two terms because the question was, do you think you're better and greater than George Washington? Here we have the example of it working. And we can't seem to get people to understand the difference between fascism, communism, and freedom. That's right. It's 
not always easy. It's not always intuitive, especially when you're raised in a culture that has praised the progressive growth of government over the last 80 years. But it is there, just as there is a way to find balance between individualism and equality. There is a way to allow government to be strong enough to do what only government can do and have that government still be restrained enough to respect individual liberty. We have to understand that these two things have to coexist in the universe, like the yin and the yang. There's a great picture uh, depicting Washington in the Capitol Rotunda, two that sort of bear on the subject. One of them is a, a, a representation of George Washington surrendering his commission back to the Continental Congress after winning the Revolutionary War. As, as you point out, this did not happen. It, 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 this was completely unprecedented. Nobody had seen anything like this. Nobody ever having accumulated that much power and fame and notoriety. George Washington was one of the most famous and respected people in the entire world at that moment. No one having risen to that level of power ever gave it up. It just didn't happen. And yet he did. That ties into the other painting in the Capitol Rotunda, this one on the, on the ceiling, on the, uh, the, the dome inside the Capitol, uh, painted by a guy named Constantino Bromidi. It's called The Apotheosis of George Washington. An apotheosis is a Greek word for you know, posthumous deification. What happens when the, the person dies and then takes on a quasi-godlike status thereafter? It was regarded as heresy by many at the time it was painted. But I think those two paintings are connected. The fact that he voluntarily relinquished power and the fact that he's praised as taking on this elevated heavenly status after his death, that's why we, we remember him. That's why we revere him. And that's why some of our other founders, some famous, some forgotten completely, need to be remembered because they understood power and they need to keep it in check. So as you're going down this road, um, what did you hope you were going to find? And, and did you find it? What I hoped I was going to find was that not everyone who was remembered from the founding era uh, is in, who did something memorable during the founding era is in fact remembered. Another thing I had hoped that I would find would be that some of the people who actually had a lot of influence at the time, who did something very meaningful, wouldn't fit our narrative the way we think of all the founding fathers today, that they were all white, male, wealthy, and in many cases, slave owners. Uh, what I found was that both of those things were true, uh, and much more so than I had imagined, much more so than you would typically assume in your high school or even your college-level history class. So I, I discussed, for example, Mum Bet, who had a pretty significant influence on the slavery debate. A lot of people tend to think that slavery was something that became much more of an issue in the years leading up immediately uh, into the Civil War. In fact, it, this was discussed commonly, and most, most uh, diehard students of history at the, at the high school level will know this, that it was discussed uh, a lot at the time of the Revolution. But they don't necessarily know the story of Mum Bet, the slave in Massachusetts, who discovering that the Massachusetts state constitution drafted by John Adams that took effect in the early 1880s declared all men, all humans, free and equal under God. She saw that. She understood that. And she fought for and she won her slavery. They so, don't know that story. So how do they, how did we, how do we not know that story? And how did even our coinage 
is not backed up to the Constitution. Our birthday, our coins, our everything is 1776. So that, that says that our, our cornerstone is the Declaration of Independence. All men are created equal and endowed by their creator. How did they not get that, Mike? Well, I think they got part of it in the sense that the Declaration of Independence plays a very important role. The Declaration of Independence provides sort of the soul, the, a lot of the feeling and a lot of the sentiment underlying the founding of our republic, these very uh, uh, lofty ideals that we believe in that at the time were revolutionary and remain so today. The Constitution provides the structure, the text by which those things are brought into operation. You have to have them both. You can't have just the Declaration. Without the Constitution, the Declaration is just that. It's just a, a, a statement of some, some nice thoughts, every progressive, some aspirations. Every progressive president now is saying that the Constitution isn't worth anything. Um, but they started with the Declaration of Independence. I mean, they have almost entirely severed us from the Declaration of Independence, which has led to horrible problems. Sure. And, and why wouldn't they cut us off from the Constitution? Why wouldn't they? Because the Constitution is there to do a job. It's got a very simple job. It's a job that says government can be dangerous, human beings are redeemable, but they're fallible, and when they get power, they tend to abuse it. So we've got to take that into account. We have to not pretend that we're going to enter into some sort of utopia, uh, and we've got to remember that people will abuse power if they're allowed to do so. That's what a constitution is. That's why we have it. So, of course, people who want to be tyrants, even if it's a, a, a tyrant with a lowercase t and with a smiley face, of course they're going to want to push back against a document that tells them stuff they can't do.